The goal of this program is to simplify marketing for small businesses. Small businesses don't have the time, money, or patience to mess around. My name is Cale Gwynn, and I'm here to put things in perspective, to provide you with free marketing advice in small doses that are easy to absorb and apply. I'll tell fun stories, interview some amazing experts, provide easy-to-execute how-tos, and answer your questions. All here on Totally Hyped. In Feedspot's Top 25 Must Follow Small Business Marketing Podcasts on the web. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the list of 19 reasons why you need a marketing advocate or a marketing consultant. Reason number 17, and it's interesting because as I've done this list, um, you know, when I set out to do it, a couple of unexpected consequences. First of all, I didn't realize how sick I would be of doing this. <laughs> uh, these, these, you know, just kind of sticking on this topic of reasons why. Now, the reason I did this, to be honest with you, is because I you know, kind of get questioned a lot. Like, well, why does somebody need a marketing consultant? And um, it, it took me a while to be able to always answer that question. And, of course, after I did it for a while, it, it became easier and easier and easier. And, of course, there's so many reasons that, you know, which reason matters to that person. So I thought I would do this and didn't realize how long it would take to, to, to kind of go through 19 reasons. Um, but it's been educational to say the least for myself. Um, I've heard a lot of comments about some of the reasons and some good, some bad. Um, but reason number 17, which is the reason we're on right now is a phenom- It kind of deals with a phenomenon that I didn't realize was a thing until I got into consulting and it's funny that I didn't realize it because I think it was always there and I think we did deal with it on a number of occasions in the past. But once you get into consulting, you really, really feel it. And because you're an outsider looking at a lot of aspects of a company. And reason number 17 that you need a, a marketing consultant is for marketing and sales harmony. Now, what does that mean? In all kinds of companies, especially, I don't know, smaller companies, I think, maybe older companies, for some reason, marketing and sales seem to be pitted against each other. It, sales feels like marketing is taking something away from them, perhaps. Um, marketing feels like most sales techniques are outdated, um, but it's... I I can't even begin to tell you how weird that thinking is to me. In my opinion, marketing is set to support sales and automate some sales processes because it can. Now, I think maybe sales departments or managers or maybe it's salespeople are skeptical of that. Like, you know, like, they're the ones that sell and it's, you know, the, the website's not going to sell. They got, people need to talk to a person. A person does the selling. And in a lot of cases, that is 100% true. What marketing is supposed to do, though, is arm your sales department with not just materials. This isn't about freaking brochures and stuff. 
This is about arming your sales department with artillery in the form of information that makes their selling efforts unbeatable. And then kind of positioning the entire company and everything that any prospect or any customer would see about that company, make it all fit together so it's all saying the same stuff. It should make the sales job easier. It doesn't make anybody irrelevant. It just automates some parts of the process. It allows the company to be in the conversation even when the human beings can't be part of the conversation. I don't know where that started, this kind of antagonist-type relationship that marketing and sales uh, have. But let me just kind of give you a few examples of how this should work. And if you sense that, you know, sales people will, you know, be offended or feel as if their toes are being stepped on by marketing. Hopefully a few of these quick stories will put your mind at ease. There are companies that, well, I'll just give you an example that I read in a great book called The Challenger Sale. And if you really want to get jacked up about sales and you know what your company can do to improve its position when it comes to sales. Uh, Challenger Sale is an excellent book, recommended to me by uh, a guest that we've had on the program, Carl Roby. And in the book, there's a story about Granger, the uh, facility maintenance supply company. Granger has everything, everything to help you manage everything from your your fleet of vehicles to the floors to you know machineries and HVAC and whatever I mean whatever you need for your facility and to you know kind of help out with those facility related things Granger's got an amazing catalog of products that can help you they're not the only one there's other companies out there that do similar things but Granger is probably one of the more prominent names in the business and they'd gotten a new uh, chief marketing officer, I believe it was. And, you know, in order to understand where Granger was and where Granger could go, they started out with some meetings that they, you know, the, the marketing team uh, was trying to define and perhaps the sales team was involved. I'm not sure if I remember that correctly. But either way, they were trying to define what made Granger different, what set them apart from competitors. Why would... I guess at the end of the day, this is the question. Why would someone buy from Granger rather than someone else? And so as they went around the room, they started, you know, kind of, well, we have the best catalog of stuff. You know, we have more items in our catalog than anybody. And the response from the CMO was, well, I think other companies would argue that they have maybe even a better catalog of items than we do. You know, how do you prove that our catalog is better than their catalog? And then there was, you know, well, we have history. And the CMO would argue, well, I there's a number of companies out there that could argue that they have more history than Granger. 
and on and on and on. It, this is a lesson that a lot of companies need to learn. Defining your differentiators and what makes you different or better or a, you know, a better choice for customers is not as easy as it seems. We have better service. And I think that the competitors would argue that they have good service and maybe they would even say that they have better service than you do. Our, our you know, commitment to our customers is great. Would, on and on down the road, down the line, you, you, no matter what you come up with, if you can't say 100% for sure that your competitors can't say the same thing, it's not a differentiator. You certainly can market on something that the competitors aren't marketing or talking about, even though you might not be different, you can do that. But what Granger was really, what the, what the CMO of Granger was looking for was true differentiators. And there's a line in the book, I'm almost positive it was about this story where she said, you know, this conversation took us to a very dark place for a very long time, realizing that they weren't so quote unquote special. They always thought they were special and they, you know, they're an industry leader. You know, they, they, this kind of took them down a notch saying, well, you know, there's not really much. Our competitors are right there. So what Granger did was they kind of invented a differentiator. And what they learned, and I don't want to get too deep into the story, read the book, but what they did was they realized that there's a gap in what companies bought from them when they're putting their budget together at the beginning of the year, or actually at the end of the year for the next year, they use Granger for everything they knew they wanted to do during the course of the year. However, when it comes to facilities maintenance and management, 40% of their budget is spent on stuff they don't know they need, you know, stuff that breaks, new needs, um, you know, kind of a ripple effect of, well, now that this happened, we got to, you know, we got to replace a whole bunch of other stuff. So 40% of their entire budget was spent on stuff that they didn't know was happening, and Granger never got those purchases. When I say never, that's an exaggeration, but it was not, you know, they weren't the first place people thought of when something went wrong and they had a new need. You know, Granger was already handling all the stuff they thought of, but when new stuff came up during the course of the year, a local company might get that business because I can just go down to here and get the part I need or get the thing I need to solve my problem. So Granger came up with a plan to arm their salespeople with information related to this 40% of the budgets that weren't being spent with Granger. And basically, the way they kind of put this all together to using this challenger sale kind of process. They were able to go into the customer and, you know, talk about, you know, the things that they needed to talk about. But at some point in time, they were able to shift the conversation into, well, you know, this is all fine and good, but let's not forget about this 40% of your budget that ends up getting spent on things you didn't see coming, you know, during your budget. And they, they just talk about how, man, as soon as they would bring this up, every head in the room would shake like, yeah, that is true. We do have this thing. And, of course, that 40% of the budget that gets spent on things they didn't see coming is usually spending more money than they would had they been able to plan for it. So Granger gave them a way to plan for it and to 
realize that same savings buying from someone like Granger rather than buying from a local shop that didn't have the buying power that Granger had. That's how marketing and sales are supposed to work together. You know, marketing is supposed to understand the marketplace. And I'm just going to briefly get into the conversation about the difference between marketing and advertising. We, we interchange the words all the time. And it, for better or for worse, it is what it is, but it, it is confusing. Marketing is understanding the marketplace. It's the research that goes into understanding your competitors, your place in the marketplace, where your place should be, where your place is, the trends and opportunities, the, you know, kind of a SWOT analysis of, you know, what the marketplace is like and where you stand in the marketplace and where your customers are, what your customers want and, and trends related to all of that. And that's the marketing part. And then the marketing can identify these areas where you can fit in and where your customer, where your competitors are missing the, the boat. Here's an opportunity. Look at this. Nobody's doing this. With marketing's help, you can devise sales tactics that your competitor won't be able to compete with, especially right away. And so if you hire a marketing consultant like me and Level Logics, you get the advantage of knowing this and leveraging this relationship between this properly set relationship between marketing and sales. And you get to use that to your advantage. And I can assure you, your competitors are not. I can assure you that just this point alone, reason number 17 to hire a marketing consultant is to generate this harmony between marketing and sales. This will transform your company in a way that you never imagined. Another quick story. This goes the opposite direction. This goes from the understanding that sales has of the intimate understanding that sales has of your customers that marketing may never have the luxury of knowing unless it went on all the sales calls with salespeople and talked to your customers the way sales gets to talk to your customers. I mean, salespeople oftentimes are forming pretty in-depth relationships with customers. Marketing doesn't have that luxury. Marketing gets to look at things typically from a higher level unless sales and marketing work together and sales can tell marketing that, hey, this is what our customers are saying point blank. And it's the experience and the expertise of somebody who understands messaging, who understands you know, user experience and all these types of things that marketing can take that information from sales and provide, again, more arsenal for sales to exploit that knowledge to your advantage. And if you think that your sales teams and your marketing teams or your marketing firm and your sales, if you think that these guys are aligned, I want you to really, really take a look at your situation. And I, I, I'm just guessing that you're going to be in the 90% of the companies where this, that's not the truth. There is not alignment between sales and marketing. There's some sort of antagonist relationship that exists there. 
again, I don't know why that happens or how that happens, but it does. And it's so common. In fact, I'm not sure that I've ever seen. Now, when I've gone into places and I've worked very closely with companies, I'm very careful when I go in there to gain the trust of sales. I'm here for you. You might hear me talk about things like automation. You know, in, in sales teams are typically just whoa, dead set against automation. Well, I don't want I don't want to spam them. I don't want to spam anybody. I don't want to. And when marketing automation is done well, it'll never feel like spam. If marketing automation feels like spam in any part of your company, you're doing it wrong. It should feel very personal. It should feel like somebody's got your back. If you're the customer, it should feel like this company just, I mean, they, they, they're here for me. You know, thank God. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, marketing's job to set sales up for success. And I, I, again, I don't know why it doesn't always occur that way. It seems so obvious to me. However, it is rarely ever the case. I, I think that most companies are set up to believe that marketing is there to do the advertising. And there is some truth to the idea that marketing is there to uh, bring people into the funnel to you know, bring prospects and what have you to the sales team. And there's, that is the truth. I think that there's maybe a misunderstanding of what happens from there, how that is done, you know, what tactics are used to do that. But if you really want your company to sing beautiful, beautiful music, you need to formulate a great relationship between marketing and sales. And if you get a marketing consultant worth his salt or worth her salt, that should be one of the top jobs. So again, reason number 17 in the reasons why you want to hire a marketing consultant or a marketing advocate is to create harmony between marketing and sales. It will be probably one of the most transformational things you can do for your company. Thanks for listening to Totally Hyped. We're listed in Feedspot's top 25 must-follow small business marketing podcasts on the web. Looking for more episodes or to follow us on social? Or are you looking to get your marketing shit together? Go to totallyhyped.com forward slash connect. Until we meet again, my name is Kale Gwynn.